And we are back on Backseat Banter. We're joined with a very special guest, Frank Johnson. He is a registered player agent in the NBA and FIBA. He's also the president of Elite Athletes for Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for having me today. We're going to talk today all about your career, the stories that you've had along the way. Um, but let's start off with what made you become a sport, sports agent in the first place? So that's funny. This is the second time I'm telling this story today. So, you know, I played um, football in college. I went to Northeastern University and then I transferred home to Morgan State University where I graduated from. So I knew I wasn't going to be a football player. Right. So I was going to be a teacher. So the first school that I worked at, the school was ranked number six in the nation in basketball. And so. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm all set to be a teacher. I'm teaching mathematics because I went to school to be a math education um, major. Um, but then the, there's two kids that I meet that play on this basketball team. And both kids were like five-star recruits. Oh, wow. They couldn't, pass the, um, they couldn't pass the SAT. So I started tutoring them, and both of them passed. And so mm-hmm. both of them were able to sign major scholarships to go to the school of their choice. One of the schools that the athlete went to was the University of North Carolina. So it tells you how good the player was. Mm-hmm. And so I did such a great job with that young man, helping him throughout his process. His mom was like, I really want you to help me with my son. You remember, I'm a, I'm a school teacher at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a former athlete, so I understand what athletes need, but I'm not a basketball guy. I'm a football guy. Like, I love basketball, and I understand the game really well. Growing up in Baltimore City, a lot of my friends, friends played basketball. They played basketball at the high level, um, high major, um, Division One level. But I'm a football guy because I spent my entire life training and preparing to play football. And now I'm teaching high school, and I'm a football coach. But I meet these kids, and I help them pass the SAT. And his mom is like, can you really help my son? I really like how you work with him. And, of course, she was really excited because he passed his SAT, mm-hmm. able to take that scholarship at the University of North Carolina. So they invited me to go to the University of North Carolina when he was going to school. And I got a chance to meet Matt Darty, who was the coach of the uni- University of North Carolina at the time. And as clear as day, I'm thinking about this kid a lot. I have a dream that I'm going to be an agent. And remind you, like I told you, I was a school mm-hmm. teacher. The dream was so clear I know it had to be from God because like, it was so clear. It was so, it, it was like so evident that this is what I was supposed to do. Right. I didn't know anything about being an agent, but I, I always was taught to make sure that I take care of my credit and make sure that I treat people right and do the right thing. And so I applied to the NBA and mm-hmm. the NBA gave me my license. And so like, I'm <laughs> like, wow. I actually have my NBA mm-hmm. license. I'm an NBA agent. And so, like, I'm excited. So I, I, I applied to the NFL, and I took the test for the NFL license, and I became an NFL agent. And so, like, but basketball kept calling. Basketball kept calling. Here's the thing. Like, I remember, I'm a football guy mm-hmm. right? working in the basketball realm. So, and, and, the one, and the one thing, the one reason why I think that is so important is because when you're working in a purpose that God has designed for you, you're never comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I could never get comfortable and think that it was my skills that got me this opportunity because it wasn't. It really wasn't my skills. And so after getting the license, you know, I, I tried to work for a couple of different agents. 
and no one would hire me. So I was like, you know what? I need to start my own company. And so I had to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. And again, <laughs> never thought you're going to name the company Elite Athletes for Christ. And I'm like, I don't want to name it Elite Athletes for Christ because if I name it that, only Christian athletes maybe want to use my mm-hmm. agency. And what if the guy's not a Christian? Or what if he doesn't believe at all? Mm-hmm. Am I going to say that I don't want to work with him because he doesn't believe? Mm-hmm. And it was like, God was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I want you to name it because I gave you this vision to do this. So it took me a whole year to settle on that thought process. And so once I stopped fighting it, I, I, I named it Elite Athletes for Christ. And 17 years later, we're, we're in this business. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's amazing because I wake up every day thankful knowing that I was chosen to do this. And so I don't take it lightly, and I and I and I and I'm very hum- humbled and honored that I'm given the opportunity every day. And so, like 2020 has really taught us a lot of things, especially with the Corona pandemic, is that we can't take anything for granted. So I spent the entire 2020 making sure the foundation of elite athletes for Christ would be positioned to be able to represent any athlete in the world from a basketball standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. like, we, we got licensed in seven states. Um, we made sure that the company's foundation and insurance um, were, were in place so that we would have enough insurance, uh, insurance so that if we represented someone like a LeBron James, we would, have, we would have the backing that we needed from a foundational standpoint. Mm-hmm. We partnered with major companies like Bank of America and Northwestern Mutual to make sure that the financial aspect would be in place also so that if an athlete chose our agency, they wouldn't have to take they wouldn't have to take subpar service. They could get the best service, mm-hmm. even if it came from an agency that I consider Elite Athletes for Christ as a boutique agency. But I feel like we can represent anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you: Is the player that you were mentioning uh, Marvin Williams? Because I know he did go to UNC, and you did uh, represent Marvin Williams. And we've Sam and I have been following his career throughout the NBA. We're big fans of what he's been able to do. Um, is, is it by a chance Marvin Williams? It's not Marvin Williams. No? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. The young man that I represent, that, that, that I work with, I never was his agent. That's the funny thing about this thing. Oh, I wow. helped him get to college. I helped him through his pro pro- process, but I wasn't his agent. And, but, and that was a learning experience. That was one of mm-hmm. my first experiences as an agent of how you have to always be prepared because... Mm-hmm. When you start talking about high-level opportunities, there are many stakeholders that are going to be in place. And so you need to make sure that you position yourself so that you can represent a player. And it, and it takes time. Like, it might take three years to get an opportunity to work with an athlete. Like, one athlete might take right. three years to actually get an opportunity to work with. And you have to be comfortable when you don't get the athlete. Like, I got some good stories, but I also have some stories where, man, you have to go in the corner and you just cry and you pat yourself up and you're like, maybe next time. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't stop the drive or the passion to work with the young men. Well, we want to hear about all of the stories that you got to share with us. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask about is you mentioned that it's all about being prepared for whatever comes your way. Is that what you think that um, you would say is what the company represents as a whole uh, with the athletes and preparing them for that in the future? 
Absolutely. So the foundation principles for elite athletes for Christ is faith, integrity, and trust. Those foundational principles, they go across any area of business. If your foundation is right in faith, then you can do a deal because you, you have trust in what's going to happen with that deal. If integrity is there, people feel comfortable working with you because they know you're going to do the right thing the first time. Integrity is like something that you, you should never compromise because if you don't, if you mm -hmm. don't compromise integrity, even if you don't get an opportunity, you may get that opportunity later. Mm -hmm. And like, and so, and then trust is paramount. You can't do anything without trust. I'm pretty sure that you guys, when you started your podcast, you had to trust each other in order to be able to get this job done. And so like those, those foundational principles, they work and, and no matter what industry you're a part of. And I truly believe those are the principles that set elite athletes for Christ apart. And I really feel like 2021 is a year where at the end of this year, when it comes, people are going to say, wow, who was that company that, that represented this top player or that top player? Because we've been working for 17 years mm -hmm. to work for the opportunities that are coming right now. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have some big plans coming up ahead. But before we look to the future, let's look back on the, the career that you've had so far. Who do you say was the most successful athlete you've had the chance of working with? Okay, so look, I measure success and not by how you play, but what happens mm -hmm. after you play. Okay. So I have, a, I have a young man that I represented. He played in the Suns organization. His name is Sam Coleman. Sam is a 6'11 hybrid player. Like he can shoot mm -hmm. the three-pointer. He's not like a power forward that plays near the basket. He's like a guy that can shoot three-pointers and drive to the basket, can dribble, can do everything. So a stretch big. He's basically a yeah. stretch four, right? So, but Sam is a multi-million dollar real estate agent in Las Vegas right now. Wow. And this is after playing basketball because he took the same principles that we talked about every day while, while he was playing and we applied them after basketball career because you're going to be who you are a lot longer after playing the game like you only play the game for a short period of time mm -hmm. even if you're blessed and lucky like someone like lebron who's played 17 years mm -hmm. that, that's like the exception the rule the average player um, career is only three and a half years mm -hmm. so if if you play three and a half years what are you going to do with the three and a half years that you were given this great opportunity to transition into who you mm -hmm. want to be afterwards. And so like Sam has always had this big drive. I always knew he was going to be successful. And so his story is unique. Like Sam, and, and this is why faith is so important. Um, every year the NBA has a camp down in Portsmouth, Virginia. It's called the senior camp, right? Mm -hmm. Where they bring the top 64 seniors in the country and they play in this camp. Sam wasn't a senior but he felt like he deserved to play in this camp, right? I, 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 look, sometimes athletes, they make you, they make you laugh at the decisions mm -hmm. that they make, mm -hmm. but he was right. He was 100% right. He was operating with faith, and he believed in his heart that he was good enough to do it. So he declared okay. for the draft after his junior year in college. Like, who does that? He declared when he wasn't even on the NBA radar, mm -hmm. but... When you saw Sam, you automatically knew he was an NBA caliber player. Like, mm -hmm. 
and everyone who saw him always said the same thing. He's like, body looked like looked like a Greek goddess, you know, <laughs> long, <laughs> athletic, jumps out the gym, can catch alley oops, can dribble the ball through his legs, can shoot three pointers. So I'm I go to Portsmouth every year. We had we couldn't go to Portsmouth last year because of COVID. But mm-hmm. Sam when Sam came out of school, I didn't know Sam. But Sam is from my hometown, Baltimore, Maryland. I get to Portsmouth, and every every year at Portsmouth um, on Friday, on Friday of the camp, there is like a three-hour break mm-hmm. in the time that they, they play games. So the trainers and the NBA coaches, they bring players in who they think should have had a shot, and they work them out in front of all the teams. Yeah. Sam was in the gym, and he just jumped in the workout. Wasn't invited. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely amazing. And when he was in the workout, he was the best player on the floor. Like, it was so it was so amazing to watch him do this. And so I never forget the scout, and God rest his soul, um, B.J. Johnson, he just passed away in 2020 for the Houston Rockets. He saw mm-hmm. Sam, and he's like, we got to have this kid. Like, this kid is better than almost every kid that's at the Portsmouth camp, but he wasn't even invited to Portsmouth. So Houston, and this is the funny part about the NBA. The NBA, um, they hide players all the time. Like, the, the, the new thing, what they do now is that they have a player, they might play him overseas. He'll play overseas for two or three years. But the whole time he's playing overseas, he's actually training and preparing to play for his NBA team. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! They, really? They hide players. Like this is what they—they they can't legally do it, but they do it because <laughs> this is the only way you can get a, a stronghold on really good talent. Like yeah. everyone wants the same kids, so if they see a kid that they really like, they try to tuck them away. What's the difference between a player doing that or playing through like the the G League now? Like, uh, what is well, the the, the different path? Because of that. Okay. They, they, they created the G League because they realized they were missing kids that were NBA talent and they were going to other mm-hmm. countries, playing for other countries. And here's the thing. If a kid is really good, he might not come back because the salary and the way they treat the kids can be so lucrative that the kid doesn't have any incentive to want to play in the United States. So the NBA mm-hmm. is a global league and they want, they want all of the top talent they want first dibs on all the top talent. Mm-hmm. So Sam was like, he was basically like a trendsetter when he did that. So Houston, you know, and it's funny because he did that and I wasn't his agent at the time. Mm-hmm. The young, the, the gentleman that had brought him to the camp in Portsmouth was like, hey, I, I recognize you. You're from Baltimore. I know you're an agent. We have this kid. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, someone always tells me they have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh about it now, but when he told me it was Sam Coleman, I'm like, oh, yes, you do have a kid. Yeah, you do. So we we wind up going to lunch, and Sam was – Sam has always been so straightforward and matter-of-fact. I love this about him. He's like, I want that guy to be my agent. Mm -hmm. And we had just met. He's like, I believe believe he can do the job. And that's, again, that's faith. That's how faith works. When you find out the backdrop and the story about Sam – Sam's mom is a pastor. So it's easy for him to understand what the faith walk looks like because he lived with someone who talked about it and lived that way every day. So within a matter of a week, I'm this kid's agent 
So Houston, they calling, they calling, they calling. Houston Rockets calling. So you know, Sam being twenty one, he doesn't understand the business process about it. I'm like Sam, mm-hmm. listen, you're invited to five other NBA workouts. Like during during the early part of the workout session, they usually have group workouts. So like the Washington Wizards, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixes, Boston mm-hmm. Celtics, Celtics. The New Jersey Nets at the time, they're the Brooklyn Nets now. And the New York Knicks, they'll hold a group workout. And they'll bring kids in that they want to see, that they're mm-hmm. trying to get a, trying to get before all the rest of the teams get a look. Right. Sam's like, no, I don't want to go to that workout. And I'm looking at him like, are you crazy? Like, that's five NBA teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go to Houston. Mm-hmm. I think I got my best shot at Houston. Wow. And, okay. And I'm like, so I'm, we're upset with each other. We're not talking to each other because I'm like, you're not listening. You're telling me that one team is going to be a better option than having an opportunity to work out for five teams. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. Yeah. Now, from a safe standpoint, it makes perfectly good sense because you only can play for one team. Right. Yeah. And if, on the business, you need to diversify to, to try. And get, yeah. So he goes to Houston. Houston tells him, man, if you work out well, because like when he went to Houston, so Houston does like the private runs and they bring in all of the pro mm-hmm. prospects. And Sam was like a shining star. So Houston, Houston had a plan that they were going to put him in the D League, which is now the G League. Yep. They didn't tell Sam this. Mm-hmm. I had a gut feeling that this was going to happen because like they're going to hide this kid. Like they're mm-hmm. going to try to develop him and then bring him along. And so Sam wanted to go to Houston because they told him they were going to draft him, and I knew that wasn't yeah. the truth. I knew that wasn't the truth, but you can't tell a kid not to do something that's that big because it was the Houston Rockets. So he yeah. went, he fired me. Wow. Like, first time I've ever been fired as an agent. <laughs> he fired me because he felt like I didn't believe in what he was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Fine. Okay, he's not my client. So we go to the European camp in the summertime. I'm not Sam's agent. Sam didn't get drafted by the Houston Rockets like he thought he was. So now mm-hmm. he, he doesn't know how to tell me he's sorry, but I knew he was sorry because he saw me in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and we really had like short conversation, but really didn't talk. But lo and behold, he tears his knee ligament wow. in the European camp and I'm in the gym. So my heart's hurting because it's like, if we go, if we go to this five team workout, you probably would have got drafted. This is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my mind. Like, but you went to one workout and you didn't get drafted. And now you're at the European camps trying to work out for a European team, like, which is totally off the, the track of where you should be. Mm-hmm. So, but long story short, Houston gave him a chance. They gave him a chance. So they, they knew he towards knees, so they let him rehabilitate and they put him on the Rio Grande Valley, Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So he okay. made he made the D-League team. Mm-hmm. Time goes by. We call. We reconcile. We get back on track. He gets picked up by the Bakersfield Jam, which is the Phoenix Suns organization, and he gets the okay. opportunity to play with them, and he does well. And then he plays all over. The, he plays in like five or six different countries, has a great career. Because, you know, like a lot of times um, people don't understand, like, just because you make the NBA – don't mean you're going to play a lot of time in the NBA. Right. But it opens up opportunities to play everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. And people pay really good money to play all around the world. So we took his talent abroad, and he played in like five different countries. 
And he told me, he was like, when I retire, I'm going to be this real estate mogul. And he did it. And like now, like the number one agent. And he owns, he owns Hoops to Homes um, real estate agency in Las Vegas. And he is, okay. he is doing fantastic. So he seems like the type of person where he would say something and put his mind to it and then get it done, whether it's the way that he thought it would happen or uh, through some longer route, but eventually getting there regardless. Absolutely. That's very interesting. Um, let's talk about now um, we, we were looking through your Instagram and uh, we, we found a very interesting picture and I'm sure there's a fun story behind it of you at the final four in the NCAA with Kenny, the jet Smith. What conversations happened in that uh, behind that photo? What oh, kind of stories man. do you have there? So if you looked at my Instagram, the person mm-hmm. that I was on the picture with that, if we went to the final four together, the kid that I was telling you about, his name was Melvin Scott. Melvin okay. Scott played point guard for the university of North Carolina. And he didn't go to the NBA, mm-hmm. but he was really he was good enough to play in the NBA. He, he got he went to summer league for the Utah Jazz, and then he played in a, a, a couple different countries around the world. And that's the beautiful part about basketball. Basketball will take you around the world. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I love about it because you can you can wind up anywhere, and that's and it's always an awesome thing for a kid to go to a different part of the world and blend into that culture and play 100%. the game that he loves. So, yeah, we go to this dinner, and, and I, I'm always a fan. Like, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm a fan first. Like, I love mm-hmm. the game, and I love the people who represent the game. Um, so I get invited to this private dinner. Kenny Smith, whenever the University of North Carolina makes the Final Four, Kenny, Kenny Smith hosts a private dinner for any UNC player that is in town during the Final Four. Wow. So we went to the Final Four in Houston, Melvin and I, mm-hmm. and he invited us. He saw us at the at a, um at a party. They guys come to the dinner. You're gonna mm-hmm. love it. Don't worry about anything. I got it. So we go to one of these really fancy steak houses. It's <laughs> in the back of the steakhouse in a big private room. And I get in the private room, and you name it, they're in the room. And man, it, I'm just sitting there, just like you know. And that's another thing about faith. When you pray and ask God to give you opportunities, mm-hmm. just sit back and just and just enjoy the ride because he's going to open up an opportunity that's going to blow your mind and it's probably going to be something that you wasn't thinking about. Was I wasn't that like thinking about going to that dinner? Was that like oh, an I made it that. Was that like an I made it moment like eye opening like I'm with like some of the greatest players with this college um, university? I would say I didn't, I, I never feel like I've made it. I think that's my drive and my passion. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like I've made it until I've signed a player of LeBron James Cowell. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a long time before I feel like that. But on another note, I did feel like I made it. Because when I went to that final <laughs> four, imagine sitting on that's one crazy. row and one row over six or seven seats away, Michael Jordan is sitting right That's there. insane. Wow. Oh, man, like, I can see the smile on my face. Like, that was one of the most authentic moments I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. So when we're at the Final Four, and I'm going to get back to when we was at the dinner, but we're mm-hmm. at the Final Four. All my friends are calling me on my cell phone because they're like, Frank, I see you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm sitting beside Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan has like six bodyguards. You can't get any closer <laughs> than what you are right now. Like he had like two bodyguards in front of him, two behind him, two to the mm-hmm. left, two to the right. You couldn't get close to him. But he was really, really close, but you couldn't get close to him. Mm-hmm. And so and we and we were sitting like right beside Vince Carter, like like all these guys. So, so we go to this dinner and they're talking about Dean Smith. And so like I'm in awe because like I said, I'm a basketball like historian. I love mm-hmm. the game of basketball and I love Dean Smith. I always loved Carolina. I always said if I if I played basketball, I would want to have played for the University of North Carolina. It's mm-hmm. always been one of my favorite teams. And they're talking about Dean Smith and they're talking about how before Dean Smith died, every year, Dean Smith sends every player that's ever played for him $200 in cash to take your family out for a night out on the town to eat dinner. Wow, that's nice. And he handwrites them a letter with it every year. So you imagine how great that man has to be. Yep. Dean Smith's coach, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, mm-hmm. Gary Stackhouse, Brendan Haywood, you know, Sam Perkins, you name it. Billy Cunningham, like you name it from old mm-hmm. to new, Kenny Smith, he's coached these guys. Mm-hmm. And all of those guys were saying the same thing. Like, <laughs> and so I'm sitting here with Melvin Scott that, that, like I said, the kid that I didn't, the first kid that I got my license because yeah. of. Mm-hmm. But we're sitting there just looking at each other. And I'm like, at that moment, I did feel like I made it because <laughs> if you know anything about Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore doesn't get a good rap for having great people come out of the city because so many bad things happen that it overshadows a lot of the good that we try to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here looking at him and I'm like, who would ever thought that two men from Baltimore would be sitting in this room having these types of conversations? And it was mm-hmm. just, it was a, it was a monumental time. And I, and I, I will forever cherish that moment. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the best stories we've had you know, in the podcast history. We're 90 plus episodes in and you guys, I mean, that's probably one of the most crazy things we've ever heard. Just being able to be in a room with all those great basketball players and what, what a basketball and, and the ability to just trust yourself and, and trust in the decisions you're making takes you to that exact moment and, and that exact time just really says a lot about what not only you, but your, your company uh, stand for about that it's not about like what what you can do it's having faith that what you're doing is is the right thing and where you are is where you're meant to be man Jonathan and Sam I just want to say thank you like I get emotional when I think about these opportunities because mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a very big place mm-hmm. and for you guys to say you want to interview me like mm-hmm. I don't, I take myself serious, but I don't, I don't look at it like that. I know that I'm, I'm always grateful of the opportunities that I get. Like, I don't care how big or how small it is. Like, I pray that you guys podcast be as big as you want it to be. I want to, I want to turn the TV on and I want to see you on ESPN because I'm pretty sure you guys have goals and aspirations like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't, don't like, don't like, don't like, don't skip over steps. Make mm-hmm. sure that you that you take each step, but make sure you also celebrate each step. Like as an agent, 
that's the one thing that I feel like has been a really good part about of this journey. It's like you have to appreciate each step that you're given because it's a step that's taking you to where you want to be. And you said that, Jonathan, like, and I felt like that was so powerful. Like when you have that faith and you start taking those steps, you're going to look up and you're going to wind up somewhere that you always thought about being, or it might mm -hmm. be somewhere that you never imagined being, but mm -hmm. you're there. And so like, I, I, I'm humbled and I'm on it. Like whenever someone asks me to get on a podcast, asks me to come speak to you, like it, this is like an honor. Like I appreciate it. Like, and it's not time wasted. So I, I really hope that you guys are thinking about taking it all away. Cause I want to get back on the show when you get on ESPN and say, remember we had that conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. And we really appreciate uh, the kind words and uh, definitely going to take you up on that offer if and when that, that happens. <laughs> um, but let's look forward to your future now. Uh, what, what are some goals that you would set for your company? I know you said that 2021 is going to be an amazing year. You're putting that out into the world. Uh, what are some plans for, for the future of the company? So the first, the first major goal that we have for Elite Athletes for Christ, because we got licensed in 2004 with the NFL. Mm -hmm. Well, last week, we just reapplied for our NFL license. So we'll be certified in 2021 as an NFL agency. Okay. Also. So that's a major goal that's going to that's gonna happen for Elite Athletes for Christ. And then my goal every year is to always sign two first-round NBA players. That, that's, a, that's a standing goal for EAC. And so, like, that's what, what, what one of my major plans for this year is to make that happen. And I feel like after having a year like we had last year, I feel like we're in the best position possible to do that. How do you do I'm that? I'm really looking forward to that this year also. How do you do that with, you know, the pandemic going on right now? But also, does that go into like high school scouting? Do you have your own scouts when it comes to trying to sign players or do you do most of the scouting? Um, well, I do have guys that scout and okay. they take a look and they tell me about people. But there's nothing like the eyeball test. Like mm -hmm. when a kid gets that kind of buzz, the first thing I want to do is, is maybe get on the plane and go see it for myself. Because mm -hmm. you can look at it on film. Like, you know, the computer is very, very savvy now. You can cut and slice things mm -hmm. up and make it look exactly like you want it to look. But when you get in person, you can see the player's attitude. You can see his mannerisms. You can see how he handles adversity. You can see if he's a leader. And then you can see the, 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 the thing that we came to see, and that's the talent. Like the talent always, mm -hmm. like I've been to some really good tournaments over these years, and like talent is always premium. Like mm -hmm. when a kid has talent, he's usually the best kid amongst all of the other talented kids. And so that's, that's what we look for at Elite Athletes for Christ. Who's the kid that's going to stand out amongst all of the other top players? And those are the kids that we're interested in. And it seems like the big challenge right now is that it's harder to get to those in-person events uh, with the pandemic going around, everything shut down. A lot of games aren't being played. So a lot of these talented kids don't even have the chance to perform in front of people like yourself. And also going forward, uh, trying to get them into the pro leagues, uh, a lot of the pro days are not even happening right now. So can you talk about the way that you're overcoming those challenges in, in both leagues, NFL or NBA? So what happened this year that made us even better as agents, so the NFL, I mean, the NBA went virtual. 
Mm -hmm. and, it, and it leveled the playing field for every agent. Because anytime a young man had to work out for an NBA team, his workout had to be filmed where everyone could view it. Mm -hmm. So, like, the things that you normally didn't see, now the average person can go to YouTube and put in an NBA player's name, and you can watch his workouts if he just got drafted in 2020. 2020. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen in the past. And I think that's a great advantage because technology is really good if you use it appropriately. So how do I overcome that challenge? I'm, I'm emailing parents. I'm asking for interviews on Zoom. Um, mm -hmm. I'm writing letters. Like, and that's why, that's why being prepared is so important. And the things that your English teacher talked about when you were in school, <laughs> writing good letters and having good penmanship, that matters. Mm -hmm. Because those are the things that are going to matter now. People actually read letters now. Like when, we, when the pandemic wasn't in place, you could mail someone a letter and they might not even see it because they were moving around. Mm -hmm. But now when you mail someone a letter, they read it. So it matters that you can write well and speak well. It matters that you show up on the Zoom calls when, when people ask you to show up. And like and that's and that's why I'm like I, I'm always humbled when someone says they want to hear from me. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right, that uh, just me. I like and so then I have to be like, okay, it's, it's it's all about that faith again. And this is why these opportunities happen. And I wanted to ask you guys a question. Go for it. How did you find me? Because there's a lot of agents on LinkedIn. <laughs> well, you know, by chance, we, we were scrolling through because we, we just got on LinkedIn recently. And we were just trying to make some connections. And we saw uh, your name. And we, we clicked on it. We did a little more research on what you were doing. And we thought it was something excellent. And something that we wanted to hear more about so we decided to reach out to you connect with you and ask you if you want to be on the show so it honestly it was a pleasure having you on and and we had some really great conversations oh man i'm, I'm humbled by that man and i listen please send me this zoom link clip <laughs> because i would love to take that snippet that you just said it is so important that you operate in excellence mm -hmm. what you do like i appreciate it, it. so important like you guys are having conversations. You know, right now the NBA is focusing on mental health. Mm -hmm. There are people that don't have opportunities to talk to people on a day-to-day -day basis. And so the work that you guys are doing is valuable. Like you're opening up a floor for people to have conversations mm -hmm. about things that interest them. And now we're intersecting with each other because we're talking about something we have in common. You're asking me about basketball and I love to talk about basketball and I just appreciate that. We appreciate having you on the show. For everybody listening, we hope you enjoy this episode of Backseat Carpool Banter with Frank Johnson, NBA and NFL agent. It was a pleasure having you on the show. We hope to hear from you in the future. We hope to maybe have you on uh, a few more times to talk about the road uh, coming and, and what you're able to do with the new uh, agency license that you're getting and with everything going on at your company thank you so much it's been a pleasure well, guys you be blessed and i appreciate it and anytime you want me to come on the show i'm more than happy to come on and share my insight about the game that i love thank you so much backseat banter out have a great day <laughs>